Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. She's not going to show up. It's just like at the train station. How could she do this to me again? Hello, everybody. Welcome to another 90 Day Fiance recap. I'm finding myself very weary by the cast members, and I think today or this week, episode was maybe like my least favorite. I don't know if it's because I don't like Stephanie <laughs> or if I just am like, I'm just growing weary of this cast. Um, let's, let's just get into it. Um, I'm going to just do, uh, this is going to be a quick recap, you guys. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to do Darcy and Tom first. There really wasn't a whole lot happening. Um, Darcy left New York after her night with well, not night with, but, um, her night in New York, uh, you know, the horrible situation with Tom and she goes back to Connecticut and basically all we see is her, you know, um, talking to Stacy about everything that happened in New York with Tom and they both, um, cry and by cry, I mean, they both like squint up their faces and they get really red real quick. Like, <clears throat> for those of you who watch Real Housewives in New York, the first episode where Ramona's like, I just want somebody to hold me, to be there for me. Like, the tears don't come. The tears are never coming. Between two people, <laughs> they're both fake crying and not a, nary a tear, not even like the, not even like a misty eye was shed between them. Um, 
I mean, truly, that was probably the best scene of the whole episode. Just, like, them trying to force a tear up. And they're just, like, scrunching up. Like, <clears throat> like you know when babies learn that they can cry and get their way. And so they try to fake their way into, you know, like, getting what they want. It was really giving me that sort of thing. But, yeah, I mean, that was really the end of Darcy and Tom for the episode. Uh, I'm going to go to Yolanda and Williams. Uh, you know, another... <laughs> Williams, in quote, another couple, in quotes, that, uh, you know, I, I'm hitting my limit with Yolanda and Williams because she just, like, <clears throat> like I say every time I have to talk about Yolanda, it's like, we know that this is fake, we know that she knew that the guy was Nigerian the whole time and that she was talking to him and, you know, that there there was this plan for him to act like he was English and blah, blah, blah. And here's what I wonder, like, these pictures that we keep seeing, like Lana and Williams, like, and they do this a lot on Catfish. Like, are you, what's like, you know, what's the like legality behind that? Like, are you allowed to show these pictures? Like she clearly doesn't know who this guy is. So I don't know. I would just feel some type of way if like somebody had used my pictures to Catfish. I'm like laughing at the thought of it. Like, please do better than me. But like, let's say somebody was using my pictures to catfish and they were on a show like this, like I really would feel not too great about them being, uh, you know, like broadcasted around TV. You know what you guys, I'm like totally distracted by the fact <laughs> this is so stupid, but I've been wanting a bagel, like an everything bagel with locks and cream cheese and capers and onions for so long. And it's like all I can think about, like, I'm like, Tom and Jerry just like looking at objects around my room and, and imagining it's a bagel. Okay. Anyway. Um, but anyway, uh, Yolanda's still convinced that William's accounts have been hacked and that the person who's trying to buy, bribe her is not him because Williams has never talked to her like this. And he's always been so nice and we've spoke for thousands of hours and how could this possibly be him? Um, she has a conversation with her daughter, Kara, and Kara's just, like, had enough. Both television Kara and podcast Kara have had enough of the story. Like, girl, you can't be this ignorant. You can't be this stupid. Like, oh, I just don't think it could possibly be him. Like, somebody must have hacked. And, you know, like, it's not weird at all that, like, in the time since his quote unquote account has been hacked that he um just hasn't spoken to me at all like he's gone completely MIA like that's not sketchy as fuck like girl like if you're going to fake a story like can we have a tighter storyline than like you just being like the the bumbling older woman who doesn't understand the internet but like you're so trusting in this man that you've never seen or spoken to really um, in person. It, I mean, it's just like, give it up, delicious. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> um, you know, Kara's sick of it. And she's like, girl, like, and then Yolanda finally admits that she, sent, <laughs> she finally admits that she sent pictures to, uh, Williams. And that's why he's, you know, the, this evil person is trying to scam her, blackmail her. Um, and Kara's like, what kind of pictures did you send? And Yolanda's like, oh, just regular pictures. Like, girl, nobody's gonna blackmail you with selfies. You, lady who is nobody, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, who, who, who is Yolanda in this world? Okay, get a grip. 
I'm sick of this. And I'm, I'm really, like, going to need the producers to tighten it up. Like, I wonder, I want to know if Kara isn't on the scam. And I want to know if the, how long it took the producers to realize that the story was bullshit. Um, and yet they still continue to film with her. Like, these are the answers, the questions that I need answered. And I want them answered immediately. Okay? I want to know. And it seems like, I don't know if we're going to be getting a uh, tell-all this year with this, this cast um, it seems like they could very easily do it because, uh, you know, they're used to having to have, you know, the cast members that don't live in America Skype in on those like giant towers with like iPads or screens attached to them. So I don't know why they couldn't just do that, especially when they have a whole ass spinoff about people, the cast members in, in quarantine, which by the way, I have not watched yet. Um, I want to, and I'm going to ask if I can, a guest if they want to do it with me, but I heard some things about Courtney, you guys, and I'm excited to watch. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, let's, let's move on with, uh, Avery and Ash. So Ash takes Avery to the Great Barrier Reef. And honestly, like I would love to do that. I think it was a great date. Yet again, I'm not understanding like the fact that he is so aware that Avery is wary of him and his intentions and whether or not he's telling the truth, particularly when it comes to his son, Taj, coming to America. Like, I don't really understand what these bachelor style, um, dates are proving in terms of like trustworthiness. To me, it just seems like a distraction. Not that, you know, like they should be having fun. Like, Totally. And they should be going on dates like this, but I don't think it solves any of his problems, especially when we see Avery continue to ask him these questions. Um, so Avery asks like, what, what did it, you know, like give me more of the details on your job, your career. Like, what is it that these women are coming to you for in terms of like your relationship coaching? And Ash says that like his clientele is mostly made up of like successful, busy women who basically just, like, don't have time to, like, actively date, and so he gives them, like, you know, tips and tricks on that. Um, so then she brings up the fact that, like, kind of like Stephanie and Erica, he showed her something on his phone and noticed he had, like, 68 text messages and that, you know, a lot of them were from, like, various different people. So he, you know, Ash kind of gets a little, little cagey, a little, little tight, and, you know, as tight as his jeans, and he says, you know, like, you know, like, Avery says, I don't know if I can be with a relationship expert who is, you know, so readily available all the time, and Ash is like, well, you don't really have room to tell me that, which I agree with, like, if you don't like his job, then break up with him. But like, at the end of the day, his job is his job. And like, I've never understood these people who feel some type of way about people's career. Like they have to work. And if you don't want me to do the job that I was doing since before we even got together, like either break up with me or you can pay me. And I will just not work. I, you can retire me if you want me to, to get a new job so badly. Um, so Ash is like, you know, you don't have the room to tell me what to do and that I'm just gradually trying to figure out what works best for me in terms of my career because I'm single right now. Skirt. 
pardon? Hmm? <laughs> Avery's like, you're single right now? And he, and Ash is like, oh, you know, those big eyes get to darting back and forth like, like a Cheshire cat, uh, like one of those cats that you, <laughs> you know, it's like old school, like cat clocks that have the tails that move back and forth and then the eyes dart back and forth. Like that is Ash. That is truly Ash. Um, so they're now just, they're on the boat. They're stuck in the middle of the ocean. So he has no choice but to like answer these questions. So... Ashley goes, no, not right now. Sorry, I was single before. Um, the the fact is that I want to spend time with you. <laughs> uh, so then, I mean, first of all, like, what is what is your relationship status have to do with your career? This is where he messes up because, like, you're single right now. I mean, what is? Are you saying like? I'm single right now so I can do whatever I want with my career or I'm single right now. So like you don't have any say in what I do for a living. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Um, so Avery is like, do you think you're in a relationship or not? And Ash goes, you're in my life. Sorry. Maybe the way I expressed that to you was wrong. That, that wasn't a yes. <laughs> you know, my mom's in my life. My mailman's in my life. My, well, my eyebrow lady is not in my life right now. And I, don't want to talk about it. I'm really looking like Helga Pataki here. Like every day is a struggle. Oh God. But you know, you know what I mean? Like saying you're in my life is a very general term. It doesn't mean that you guys are in a relationship. Um, so Avery then says like early in their relationship, he sent her this text message exchange between him and one of his clients, which was like proving that he, you know, in, in the exchange, he was like, turning her down basically the woman was hitting on him and he was like saying no but like to me that doesn't really prove anything like maybe he just wasn't interested in that particular woman and he was like oh great here's an opportunity for you to like get off my back <laughs> about it you know like that doesn't prove anything that you turned one woman down like and if if that to you is like proof of something then that really speaks to like how many women are able to get you you know what I mean um so Ash countered by saying like, well, Avery's like, well, you know what? You actually, I, I appreciated that you sent me that text message exchange. However, you didn't actually tell her that you were in a relationship, which you were at the time. And Ash then says like, you know, but I do post you on my like Instagram and my social media and those are public accounts. And Avery's like, well, you know, how do you know? if she's even looking at that, if these women are looking at that, like if they're hitting on you, maybe they have no idea what your public, you know, social media presence is. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It's just like more back and forth between them. And I feel like Avery is annoying, but I also feel like Ash is not telling her the truth. So like, she has to be annoying. So like for you, for any of you guys who watch Married at First Sight, it's like Mika and Michael. It's like, she comes off as a hard ass and she comes off as like really stubborn and stuff, but it's also like she has to do that because if she doesn't, she's just going to get railed over by this guy who's like not being honest with her. And like, it makes her look like, you know, it's like we, we as women oftentimes get these, like, you know, we get in these positions where we have to be like the bitch or we have to be like the hard ass or we have to be these, like come off as really unreasonable, but it's also like, you feel you can't be honest with me, then 
I have to keep reminding you of the fact that like I'm on to you in a way <laughs> and like you know it, it, I've been in this situation before you guys this is why I'm feeling very triggered it's like oh never mind everyone's business but mine okay um so anyway let's go to um Usman and Lisa so Lisa's trip is about to end. Her two-week stay is almost over in Nigeria, but they haven't gotten married yet, again, because Usman's mother does not approve of their union. So now they're moving on to plan B, which is to ask Muhammad, which is Usman's older brother, the oldest brother in the family, um, for advice, and hopefully like he can talk to their mother and convince her. So they all go to dinner and they're, you know, trying to talk to him, trying to convince Muhammad that like, you know, like, please help us out a little bit. And Muhammad's kind of like, you know, (laughs) he's like, listen, mom was shocked at the fact that like, she's American, she's white, she's old, and you've known your whole life that it is tradition for us to marry people within our tribe or at the very least Nigerian and Muslim and Lisa is none of those things. And also, you know, somebody your age, she's nothing of the sort. So this is kind of like your own problem. Like I'll try, but you know, this isn't going to go anywhere. So Uzman's like, you know, the other side of this is that I really want to move to America, that America is the best country in the world, the number one country and the economy is strong. Hmm. Memories from the corners of my mind. <laughs> like, uh, never mind on that now. But um, Lisa says that like Usman is my destiny. He's my everything, and I can't be. I can't imagine not being married to anybody else. Even though I've already been married, um, Muhammad says, you know, like it's not going to be easy, but I will try my best and. Usman tells the producers, like, I know that, like, part of me knows that this is basically an impossibility, but, like, I'm willing to try everything, but at the end of the day, if my mom doesn't approve, like, that's it. Like, I'm just not going to marry Lisa. So, the next day, Muhammad calls, he calls that morning, and says, like, I wasn't able to convince mom, sorry. Uh, So, Lisa, then they move into plan C, which is Lisa going to the mosque with Usman and his mother. But of course, you know, ugly American, ugly Christian woman, ugly woman in general. She's like, I'm nervous. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to expect. Like, like, what do you think they're going to do? Like strap a bomb to you and like make you go out into a public area and like blow yourself up. Like, these are the things that I know that she's thinking, right? Like she thinks that it's, you know, like it's going to be all hooting and hollering and like all this, you know, dramatics and stuff and like she's gonna be so scared this poor lily white christian woman like get real um and you know like carrie o'donnell if you guys hadn't listened to the episode that i did with carrie last week you know he got brought up a great point it's just like she does nothing like if you want to compare her to angela and michael Lisa does nothing to try to like integrate herself into the culture. Like, yeah, she did this one thing by going to the mosque one time, but like, other than that, like she really doesn't try to assimilate herself into Usman's life at all. It's just like, I'm coming over here to take you away. And like people can pick up on that. And that's exactly what his mom clocked even before she saw him. Like, 
but also like i mean on the other hand like i don't think that well i mean it's clear that uzman has not been honest about um about his relationship with lisa like apparently they've been together for two years and it seems like he's not said one thing to his mother about the relationship that he's been in and stuff so maybe to that extent like he could have tried a little bit harder to convince her or like ease her into things before lisa just came you know stomping over with a goat but on the other hand it's like lisa's not really trying either and that's on her. So they go to the mosque. And as you know, like the men and women separate. The men are in the front. The women are in the back. Or they're like in totally different venues. And so Usman has to, you know, he can't go with her to like tell her what to do. So he's like, you know, just sit next to my mom. Just do everything that she does. Follow what she does. Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they're doing the prayers. They get, you know, touch their foreheads to the uh, the ground the, to their mats and stuff and you know she does the best she can but she's still like kind of making making a scene being like oh I don't know I don't know like just you know what's going on I, I don't know this blah 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 so then they leave the mosque and Lisa's like okay like is that enough does your mom get my approval now that she's seen me at the mosque one time <laughs> no no she doesn't <laughs> so it was mom's mom like is like you know, um, uh, gosh, what does she say? She says, you know, Lisa's not for you. She's too old. She's my age. Um, she's like, there can be no more talk of marriage. Like, I'm, I'm not doing, like, stop playing with me. So Lisa's heartbroken. She's like, I don't know. It's just, but it's just like, it's so American of her to think, like, I'm just gonna do this, like, one little thing and expect the world of you. Like, 15 minutes or however long they were in a mosque is not going to completely change her mind on the fact that you, you know, like on her, you know, her feelings about marriage. It's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, <sighs> let's go to David and Lana. David wakes up in one of his many, many button down shirts. Like, is that even, I feel like polo shirts aren't really that soft from what I remember. Like, I, I mean, I haven't worn a polo shirt in God knows how long, but it's like, do your nipples chafe, 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 <laughs> do your nipples chafe in the night? Like, I don't know. It just seems weird. Um, so then he goes online to see if Lana's on, which she happens to be. He finally tells her that he is in her hometown of Pavlograd and wants to meet her for lunch. Um, so he's going to be there at two o'clock. They plan to meet at two. So Lana's response is, okay, dear, can't wait to see you. And then immediately locks off. Like, bruh, don't you think that there would be some conversation like, oh, you know, like, I'm, I'm really excited, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> nothing. She gives him absolutely nothing, and he takes it and turns it into, like, this whole world-shifting thing. Um, still, no explanation as to why she didn't show up on the train. <sighs> so, he goes to the florist. He's so excited. He gets roses. For some reason, he wants only nine roses and not 12. I don't know if that's, like, a Ukrainian thing. I don't know, but, uh, okay. So then he says the Lana's a person he tells everything to. And that to me is like a deeply concerning comment. Like, what have you been telling this person? <laughs> Truly. 
Ooh, okay, I mean, just like imagine. Okay, so they're supposed to meet at two. He gets there at one fifty. He's got his roses in this like ornate, gigantic vase. He orders a bottle of champagne with two glasses. He's so excited. This is not. It, it looks like a diner, like just you know, like whatever the Ukrainian equivalent of like a like an American standard diner is. Like this is like a greasy spoon situation. It doesn't seem like anything fancy at all um not that it needs to be but I feel like if you were meeting the love of your life for the first time maybe you would want to like I don't know n not go to a place that only has booths and not like not even like the nice booths like the hard chair like the hard molded bench booths I don't know um so <laughs> He's waiting for her, and then he's like, oh, you know, he's obviously having to do this on a translator app, so orders the champagne, asks where the bathroom is, and then we see that he brought a change of shirts, the same shirt that he's wearing, just in a slightly different color. So he's changing from a light blue button-down shirt to a light gray button-down shirt. He brought his um, brush with him. He brought cologne. Like, all you did is drive from the car, like how musty did you get from leaving your car into the restaurant? But he then is like, okay, he's now waited for over an hour. So it's past three o'clock at this point. And David says, you know what? I'm starting to get nervous that all of this was maybe for nothing. You're starting to? This is the fourth time that you've been in the Ukraine for Lana. She's already like sketched out on you one time this week <laughs> oh, boy so then he does the only smart thing which is open the bottle of champagne and start drinking so then he says if she only meets with me for five minutes and that'll be five more minutes than I've ever spent with her is that not the saddest thing you've ever heard like <sighs> Jesus take the wheel and Take him back to Odessa, please. So then he says, like, you know, I can't even check my phone because I don't have internet access on this phone. So I don't know if Lana has written to me and maybe she's not there. And of course she hasn't written to you, my guy. Come on. Um, so he waits another hour. So it's four o'clock now and nothing. So he drinks a glass of wine or champagne and then he finally leaves. Uh, this is so funny to me because the waitress, you, they have been doing the shots where you can see David in the booth and like the waitress has this like kind of like open window where she's been waiting. She's been like checking out what's going on this whole time. So she, you could see her like every time they, they go back to the shot, she's like shaking her head. Like this boy is such an idiot. And so when he leaves, <laughs> When he leaves, this is like another highlight of the episode. She goes to the table, takes the roses and says, you know what? I see this sort of thing all the time. These men show up and the women never come. She's like, but it would be a shame to waste all these roses. So she puts them at the front counter and is like, okay, see ya. Off with my day. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. So then he, David gets in the car and we see him later that day. He's in the car. He FaceTimes with his friend Jim and tells Jim that Lana didn't show up. And Jim's like, well, you know, I'm sorry. I knew you had your heart set on this. And like, you know, that's a real bummer. Excuse me. So Jim asks, like, David then says, like, you know, I do have this address from when we planned the cruise that she sketched out on me on. So I think I'm going to go. And Jim's like, do you think that's a really good idea? But what is he going to do? Because we know that David's going to go anyway. So he goes to this apartment building. And he ends up finding number eight, the apartment that she gave him the address to and we end up seeing him like he then he gets nervous like he he doesn't really get nervous or hesitate until he gets right in front of her door he's like oh I don't know if I should do this or not but then we see him ring the doorbell somebody answers the door but of course we don't see who it is and that was the cliffhanger for the episode um so let's end this on Stephanie and Erica this is what I had the most notes on I mean this is unbelievable you guys so Stephanie is moping around in her hotel in a cold shoulder top Erica as we know stormed off and didn't come back the night that night but she did text Stephanie to apologize and say like I you know like I think we should have a talk in person in the morning so the plan is for Erica to come over and them to have this talk So Stephanie says that she's beginning to see that they're kind of incompatible and that there's something about Erica that she doesn't trust. What? (sighs) Erica comes back with a bouquet of like these gorgeous native Australian flowers. And is like, you know, I I apologize. And Stephanie asks how she's feeling about the night before. And Erica says that she's sad or excuse me, Stephanie says that she's sad that she's only been here for a short period of time and that there's been so much drama. 
So Erica says like, you know, I'm not usually the one to walk away from a situation. Um, but I just felt like last night we were talking in circles and I was getting like really frustrated with that. And to be honest with you, I'm really confused about why you, Stephanie, feel like you're not getting the real me and why you don't trust me. And Stephanie says that she's concerned about Erica's lifestyle and the nature of her friendships. So let's get into that. So Erica has, Erica lives in a very small town in terms of Australia. Like we saw it in like maybe the first or second episode that we saw Erica, like their idea of hanging out is literally hanging out on a plot of like sand, dirt, like just big plots of land with those like, you know, like foldable chairs that you wear, that you take to like soccer games for your kids. Like that is what they do to hang out. So especially being somebody like Erica, who is clearly like in the queer community, like I imagine like there's not a lot of people that she hangs out with. So, and also she's 24. (sighs) Who, Who hasn't at the age of 24, like made out with a friend or hooked up with a friend or hooked up with somebody who's like in your friend group, even tangentially, like get a grip, Stephanie. Like she's acting like this is so weird that, that Erica's lifestyle is just so crazy and complicated. Like get real girl. So they like kind of make up, they really put it more of a bandaid on the situation. And Erica says, you know, maybe it'll help for you to actually meet my friends so that you can understand like our dynamic and that everything is fine and that you can trust me, not only me, but my friends. Um, so they're headed to a party. It's already about to be disastrous. (laughs) And so they're, they're, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, let's vow to have fun tonight. (sighs) Do you guys want to just guess how long that lasted about? 45 seconds. Um, So Stephanie claims that she wants to have fun, but she can't help but think about how Erica has hooked up with a lot of the people at the party, which I don't think is true. But also there's a guy that Erica's hooked up with that we were made to believe that they like had sex, but Erica tells us that they like just drunkenly made out two times. That is nothing I mean (laughs) like truly that is nothing and if they've shared a bed a few times okay fine but like if Erica's saying that all they've done is made out and they've been they've been able to be in a bed together several times and not have sex with each other then I think that should let you know that nothing really weird is going on that maybe they just had a couple of drunken makeouts because they're 24 (laughs) and they like to party like get real so we meet Adam and Adam is like clearly not Erica's type like if I were looking at them like Erica looks like damn rainbow bright and Adam looks like the guy who didn't go to college and like works at the auto repair shop in your neighbor in your hometown like this like they couldn't be further apart like yeah maybe they could party together again because they're people who live in a small town but 
it's clear to me, like, if Erica wanted to have him, if Erica wanted to have sex with him, she would have done it. If she wanted to date him, she would have done it. Like, it would have happened. And it hasn't happened. So you have to let it go. You're 29. Like, get over it. Grow up. So Stephanie is, like, talking to some of Erica's friends on one side of the... They're, like, hanging out in this, like, kind of like a, like an, like a carport, basically. Like, a backyard area carport thing. So Stephanie's talking to some of Erica's friends from across the way, and she cuts eyes and sees Erica talking to Adam, her friend. And it's going down. So... Stephanie is like just cannot help herself and is like you know what I have to like sit Adam down and like ask him what's really going on so she sits down next to Adam so it's Stephanie Erica Adam and then another friend Paige who's sitting there so they're all sitting at this table and Stephanie's like you know what um I just want to know, like, if you, do you have any feeling for Erica outside of the friendship? And Adam's like, no. <laughs> and Stephanie's like, you know, I, I'm kind of a prude. So like when I hear about people hooking up, it makes me uncomfortable, which is like your problem. That is a you problem. That is not like, what do you want Erica to do to go back in time and unmake out with him to go back in time and like not share a bed with him like that's literally what you ask or what you want deep down in your heart you want her to like undo all of these things that are impossible like she can't do that and if you have such a problem with that like it's always going to be a problem with you because it's always going to be there like those facts are never going to change. There is nothing that Erica can do about that. So if you continuously have a problem with this, like, no wonder you've been celibate, girl. Like, I wouldn't want to sleep with you either. <laughs> like, and it's it's impossible. Like, you can't be older than, like, 20, I would say. And I think I'm being generous by saying that. And expect people to not have a past. Like, that is a really immature way of living your life and you're never going to be satisfied in your relationships you're never going to be happy if somebody you know if 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 somebody's past is going to be an issue for you like that is always always going to be a problem (sighs) so Adam is like you know I don't know so Erica clearly like wants to die. She's so uncomfortable. And Adam's like, you know, I understand your concerns, but you need to trust Erica. And Stephanie is like, she looks over at Erica, who's like clearly so annoyed by the situation. She's like, what's wrong? What do you think is wrong, Stephanie? (laughs) The fact that like you're ruining this party by like basically investigating her friends was like, (laughs) I don't think it's any of her business. Like... I mean, I guess, like, if it, it is it would be her business if there was somebody in Erica's life who was in her life in a real way had feelings for her. I, I will say that is her business, but it's not your business to antagonize him, to interrogate him about the situation. And, like, you know, like, I don't know. I just feel like you're asking for trouble. Like, you want it to be, you want him to have 
feelings for Erica. So then you can go to Erica and say, see, this person shouldn't be in your life. Like you want to have the excuse to say, I don't want this guy in your life anymore. And that isn't fair to anybody. Um, so then Erica is like, somebody asked what's wrong. And Erica's like, I just don't like the fact that every time you're around my friends, you have to make things awkward for everyone. And Stephanie starts yelling. She starts yelling about how weird this all is for her. And why can't she ask a simple question and blah, blah, blah. Like all of this is Erica's fault for daring to hook up with this guy in the past. And Erica takes her sparkly little jacket and, and dips. And it's like, I, you know, I don't want, she's like, and then Stephanie's like, oh, see, and no, excuse me, Erica goes, and don't tell me that you didn't yell at me this time because you absolutely did. And everybody saw it work, bitch, like go off queen. Um, so then Stephanie was like, you know, it wasn't my intention to come off rude. Like, okay, but that's exactly what happened, girl. Like, I mean, there's a time and a place to maybe ask about that. But I feel like if Erica's telling you that this guy does not have feelings for her, then you need to trust that. And if you want to get to know what the deal is with Adam, then be a sneaky bitch and be his friend and see if maybe he slips up. So then you can go back and say, look what he did now. I tried to trust him and this is what happened. That's how you do it, girl. Like, you're doing this scamming thing all wrong. And I would teach you, but I don't even think you're worth it. So, then, um, okay, so, then, you know, Stephanie again says, like, it wasn't my intention to come off rude, but every time I, I bring this stuff up, Erica storms off. Like, duh, you're constantly making everybody in the situation uncomfortable with your lack of comfort in every situation because of your insecurities, which is not the responsibility of Erica's friends to try to make you feel better about the fact that you've been cheated on and that you have trust issues. Like that is not their job. Um, so like it, it is shocking to me that she acts so surprised. Like she puts the responsibility on everybody in the situation except for herself like at what point do you have do you figure out like my insecurities are really like if they're not making things uncomfortable for me and everybody else then like excuse me if they're not making things uncomfortable for everybody else like you clearly are in a place where you're constantly feeling some type of way you're constantly feeling on the defense you're constantly in these situations that are uncomfortable for you so why don't you try to rise above if not only for yourself to make yourself feel better to where you don't have to be in a room and constantly be on the defense with strangers people that you don't even know like that's a problem that's a really big problem Um, and if you're at the point where like you're in a relationship and you can't trust your partner, that's another problem. And you need to realize that it's not her problem. That is your problem because she has done nothing (laughs) to warrant this lack of trust. Like stop bringing your past trauma into your new relationships. Like it it isn't fair. And like, of course we all have baggage and we're all going to like subconsciously have our guard up about things but you also have to give people 
a fair shot because in the end, you're not giving yourself a fair shot if you're always acting like this, like, and putting things on people like it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> um, so then Erica goes, excuse me, Stephanie goes to find Erica and she's in the kitchen with her friends and her friends are basically like this bitch is fucking crazy and it's not fair that she keeps acting like this so like erica kind of goes in on the tail end of the conversation when her friend is talking about this and her friend's like yeah i'm sorry that you had to walk in on me talking shit about you basically but like it's not okay that you treat her like this i've never seen erica so upset like she's usually such a bubbly happy life of the party type girl and like I don't like what I'm seeing. Like she's constantly upset. She's constantly uncomfortable. And I don't like that you're making her feel this way. And Stephanie's like, yeah, you know, like I understand, but, um, she's like, I, you know, I feel like I've hurt Erica's feelings, but she's not seeing my side of the story. And my life has been so out of control that I do whatever I can to control situations. Like go to therapy, bitch girl. Like, I don't know. Like, it it is weird to me that she's putting all this shit on Erica. Like, you just sucked all the air out of the room. Like, do you not see that you're not only is your girl running away from you and looking like she just found out that her parents died, that like, look around and everybody's looking at you. Everybody in this room now hates you. You have like completely ruined a party. And like, she has no perspective on that whatsoever. Like it's all Erica's fault for not seeing her side of things. Like this, this bitch is truly unwell. Um, so Stephanie says, you know, I came to meet your friends with a motive and everybody's like, what a motive. She's like, yeah, I had a motive. And I came here to like basically investigate what is going on. And everybody's looking at her like that is an absolutely psychotic thing to do. So I think she catches up on that. And then she starts to cry. Of course, she carries her way out of the situation by crying and calling her friend. She's like, I feel so alone here. And, and blah, blah, blah. She basically lies to her friend, Heather. And says that Erica had sexual relations with her friend, which is not what happened. And she, Erica, or Heather is like, oh, wow, you know, that really sucks. Like, she basically makes it seem to Heather like Erica put her in this situation. Like, she completely, like, blindsided her, basically. Like, and was like, you know, like, she made it seem like I went to this party with good intentions. And then Erica introduced me to this guy that she you know, like fucks regularly, basically. That's what she made it seem like. Not like I was completely clued into the fact that like Erica has been completely honest with me, told me that she hooked up with this guy, made out with this guy twice and that we're still friends. And you know, like how much more honest could have, could Erica have been? Like, I have no idea. Um, so Heather's like, well, maybe you should just go home and like, go back to the hotel, let Erica cool off for a bit and then, you know, regroup in the morning. So Stephanie leaves the party and says she's not sure if she wants to be in this relationship anymore. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. 
But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Okay, well then no. Like, you're not in a relationship. All you do is fight. All you do is, like, make situations uncomfortable. And then, uh, then cry. You're not in a relationship, girl. You, you guys aren't even having sex. You guys aren't even holding hands. If, you know, like, you guys don't even look at each other lovingly. Nothing about this is a relationship. All about this is, like, a continuing, like, you guys are in, like, breakup miserable mode 24-7. It is so wild. Ugh. Anyway, you guys, thank you for bearing with me while I air my frustrations about this show. <laughs> um, what else is going on? Oh, uh, I did my Patreon. Um, if you guys haven't heard the Patreon, I will be doing a, well, I have been doing, um, the Lindsay for own special docuseries. So you can find that at patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. This week I was joined by Liz Bentley of Feathers in My Hair, um, to discuss episode three and it really I mean it was like a perfect episode we get into like Lindsay's struggle with addiction with how you know like uh rehab works and and all of that she has a lot of great insight and you know we also kikied and had a lot of fun so check that out if you have not um I will check back with you guys later this week am I Probably not. I'll check back with you guys maybe Monday. <laughs> oh, should I talk about Married at First Sight? We're not, I mean, I'm recording this on Wednesday, so the new episode hasn't come out. But, like, I, I, what can I really say? Decision Day is, like, arguably the most boring episode. Um, because it's really just, like, people getting ready. They talk to the experts. They sit at the couch. And then they say if they want to get married or, or they want to stay married or not. I mean... What is there really to say? Jessica and Austin, we knew that they were going to stay together. They did. Katie and Derek, you know, that was iffy, but Katie decided to stay with Derek, even though he's so awful and like he doesn't do anything and she carries the relationship, yada, yada, yada. I would really be curious because they kind of like switch off in terms of couples and like they'll, you know, obviously they have to ask one person first and then the person has to sit there and... I have to imagine if you're in a situation where you really want to say no and the person says yes before you, that it makes things really difficult. And I kind of feel like that was how Katie was feeling. Like, I feel like she really wanted to say no. And if she had been the person to answer the question first, she probably would have because she really was like, well, 
I don't really like you and let me count all the ways why I don't really like this relationship or you, but I'm not ready to finish. So I don't know. It was just very sketchy. The only thing that was funny, um, when they get to Brandon and Taylor is that the experts are really frustrated with Brandon. Um, so he had stopped filming at this point. And so when Taylor gets to the couch, she's like, honestly, I don't even know if Brandon's going to show up, but he does. He like saunters in like he does like Mr. Big Balls. And then he, they all go back and forth and they're like, okay, so like, what is the issue that you've been having with regard to filming? And Brandon says, um, you guys basically messed up. You know, there are two times that I was like several hours late to work because of filming. And I told you guys that I had to leave. And like, so I basically had to give up the show in order to keep my job. And Dr. needs to be pastor Cal is like, you know, I've, the show's been on for 10 seasons. I've been here for seven, excuse me. And this has never been an issue with any of the other cast members in terms of, as far as what I know. And Brandon's like, well, it's been an issue for me two times. And like, I just couldn't film with you guys. And then he gets up to go to the bathroom, which is like, they're like, bro, you can't just get up while we're filming. Like everybody's here for a reason. It costs money. And so like, you can't just like get up willy nilly when you feel like it and do what you want to do. Pastor Kyle's like, do you suffer from incontinence? Because I have to go to the bathroom too, but you know what? I'm going to sit here and film and finish my scene and then I'll do what I have to do like a professional. And so Brandon's like, mm, I, I gotta go like blah, blah, blah. So he goes and he comes back from the bathroom and they're like so sick of him. And Taylor prior to this was like, you know, I really don't know what I want to say. She's like, I, I really have a lot of hope. She was really advocating for Brandon and saying, you know, the fact that we have not been filming um, has really paved the way for us to like carve out a different aspect of our relationship. And we've been hanging out a lot and I feel like a lot of hope, but then after she sees him act like a complete asshole, she's like, you know what? They, they ask her first if she wants to stay in the mirror. And she's like, honestly, I don't. (laughs) And so Brandon's like, okay, well fine. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like he acts like a complete bitch about this whole situation and he gets up and, and walks away. And, that was the end of them. Mika, thank God, said no. Got some sense because I was really feeling like this girl's going to say yes, isn't she? Because she's feeling like she tells the experts like, oh, you know, we've had a great two days. <laughs> One of which she wasn't even allowed to see him. We've had a great two days and like, you know, things have been going well. Um, but fortunately, like, She's a smart woman that I know that she always was. And so, it's, you know, like, there's just not enough good stuff here, to be honest. And I don't feel comfortable moving forward. And he hasn't been honest with me. He has demonstrated over and over again that he doesn't know how to be honest. So I'm out. Deuces. And Michael, like, starts to cry. <laughs> okay. Um, and what else? Who else? We see, we saw Mindy and Zach. And Zach was basically, you know, talking in circles again about like how he wished he could have done things differently and yada, yada, yada. Mindy's like, like truly living her best life. She's like, frankly, I am so much better without you. I'm stronger, stronger than yesterday. Now it's nothing but my way. My loneliness is killing me no more. You know, like true Britney Spears. 
Um, and she looked great. Uh, and is that all of the couples? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was it. I am really excited to recap the reunion because they said it was filmed five months after decision day, which doesn't quite make sense. Like maybe it was just filmed in like February. Um, but there were teasers about, um, maybe like two cast members hooking up with each other after filming and Derek mentions an affair that Katie had and I don't know. It seems like this might be one of the more interesting tell-alls that I can recall in a few uh, seasons. So looking forward to that. So, okay, you guys, I will get back to you guys on Monday. You guys have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you guys. Bye.